With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. You know the difference between hockey and those other sports? You gotta be tough to be a hockey player. I idolized Dominic Kaczyk. I played goalie because of Dominic Kaczyk. My life in hockey has been started because of Sabres hockey. I didn't need playoffs this year. I wanted it, but I didn't need it. But when you screw up for the fans as much as this team has over the last, like, five years, and just don't hold yourself accountable, I'm sorry. I'll hang up and listen. I'm sorry. Welcome to Two Goalies, One Mike, an in-depth look and behind-the-mask conversation about the greatest game on earth, where everything goes and nothing's off-limits. Now I'll tell you something about this guy. This is only three minutes, eh? Whammo! Welcome, everybody, to All Hang Up and Listen, brought to you by Fetty Beer Company, Buffalo's premier market and tap room. Seven different Western New York locations with over 300 beers to choose from. Make sure you get over to Fatty Beer. Let them know the boy from Two Goalies, one of Mike sent you, one of Western New York's only kid and dog-friendly bars with live entertainment, both trivia, live bands, whatever, you know, floats your boat. They have it over at Fatty Beer. And, of course, Buffalo Logo Apparel Company, Buffalo's best spot for your Sabres, Bills, Bandits, Bisons, whatever your need might be for a Buffalo sports. They, they also support a lot of local businesses. Make sure you go to Buffalo Logo for all your shirts, hats, and hoodies. Let them know the boys from Two Goalies, one Mike sent you. We gave away one of these uh, after the last game, the Buffalo uh, Trucker NHL Shield hat. And we uh, had a giveaway tonight, contingent on the Sabres winning. We dropped the return of the Levi uh, shirt and hoodie uh, for what could have been a lucky follower. But unfortunately, the Sabres couldn't pull this one out, losing 3-2 to two in a shootout. Uh, Hurls, um, I was at the game. You took over the thread for tonight. But, um, you know, you, you obviously hear a lot of the in-game commentary. You know, what was, what were some of the things that were being talked about in-game that I might not have been hearing? And obviously, uh, they didn't really show many replays of that hit or whatever you want to call it, the Robinson boarding call that got him tossed out of the game and it gave him a five-minute power play. But just what were you seeing uh, opposite of what I was seeing? I thought they deserved to win tonight. I, I really I do think that they, they played really well. 47 shots on goal. I'm not sure how many Montreal had, but... I thought overall they played a really, really good game. And Caden Primo had a, another really good night, similar to how Jake Allen did the last time the Sabres played the Canadians at home. Uh, I remember they, that all too well. They have a habit of making goalies look good, but I don't necessarily think that's mutually exclusive of the goalies also really playing well. Uh, Caden Primo had a lot of really good saves tonight. He's not the most well-known goalie, but he's also not necessarily inexperienced. They were talking on the broadcast about how at one point in 2022 or 2021, they were doing a rotation of Jake Allen, Mountain Blow, and Caden Primo. So it's not like he is a super inexperienced goalie. I had no idea that he was also a Northeastern guy. So it yep. was a Northeastern on Northeastern goalie matchup tonight. And I also thought Devin Levi played really well. He had one point, I think four goals, goals saved above expected tonight. So he yeah, played I mean better. Then he should have. I, I would say that. Um, so that wasn't the issue. Uh, I think we know what the issue is, and it's the power Talk play. a lot about that, that's for sure. It's, it's the power play, and it's going to continue to be the power play until they figure out a tangible way to change it. And I think we can talk about some ideas. We can talk about a variety of different things. But if you go 0 for 6 compared to, I think, like maybe two or three penalties that uh, penalty kills or power plays that the Canadians had, you should win the game. You should do anything you possibly can to get the, the get the puck to the front of the net and give yourself the best position to win the game. And they didn't do that tonight. So it is what it is. But being down 2-0 going into the third and getting a point out of it is a tiny moral victory and hopefully something they can build on. And from here, from Mauricio, Sabres power play, too much passing, five on three, five on four. 
middle set and powers need to be selfish. Um, I couldn't agree more on that. Uh, would have been, yeah, because the goalie switch ends in overtime too, correct? Uh, I think so. I'm almost I positive. They did. Middlestad I, had a glorious chance. I can't remember if it was that very last power play it was earlier on the third period. Middlestad had a glorious chance, like right in front of uh, of Primo. Just like just him and Primo. And he tried to force a pass and got stripped of the puck. And back out of the zone it went. Just like, I, I, I again, <laughs> Matt Ellis, baby. Well, uh, have we have we confirmed that Matt Ellis is the guy? I don't think anybody the, fucking knows who's running the power. So, so play. I, I, I don't I, even I, know if John Granado knows who's running the like power. I play. even I responded to a, a Brian Colzio tweet tonight about that. Like, do we actually tangibly know that Matt Ellis is the one running the power play? Because if we do, then at least we can like direct our, our anger at him. Yeah, somebody. Yeah. Well, I'm going to yell at Matt Ellis no matter what because he shouldn't be behind an NHL bench. Yeah, I, I, I mean, I and I get that too. But at the same time, like, we should be able as fans to know who is responsible for this ineptitude. I mean, you got Wilford, you got Christie, you got Matt Ellis. I mean. Who's Christie? I don't know. But <laughs> like, I, I don't know any of these Who the coaches are on this team? But there's so much skill. I saw someone respond to you. And it, it's a good point. They, they're they putting Dylan Cousins on the right side of the yes, power from play. Cricket whistle, yep. And that gives him absolutely zero opportunity to obviously have a one-timer or get the puck to the net in that situation and slowing it down. I think their main issue is they're not getting the puck to the house. The house yeah. is the figurative lines that are created two feet to the right of each post. You go to the top of the circles. And you create a diagonal, zone. Uh, yeah, danger exactly, zone. a diagonal roof in front of, in front of the, in front of, in between the two circles. Figuratively, it looks like a house, but I think it's something like over sixty-five percent of the goals in the NHL are scored from that area. And on the power play, there's way too much of them passing the puck around the outside, around the outside, around the outside, around the outside, not getting it to the front of the net into the area when you can score the goal, no opportunity for deflections, rebounds, dirty goals, anything tangible for that type of creation. And it's absolutely killing them. Yeah. And you know, I know what, um, I'm just typing something out right here. Uh, Brian Cozill made a good point. He, he beat me to it because I was going to tweet it out, but I was you know, racing back home to get here. The Sabres were just way too relaxed in the, on that power play. Uh, at the end of regulation, they do realize that Montreal like is in the same division as them, right? You just don't want to hand them points if you don't have to. You need to play with more urgency and shoot more. Like you just handed Montreal a team that you could. I mean, I'm not sure where they are in the standings with Buffalo, but like a team it's you could right just be, be, be uh, competing with for a playoff spot. You just want to hand them a point. Why would you just want to hand them a point for like you have the power play? Play with some urgency. Shoot the puck. Not everything has to look pretty. You don't have to always try and open up Tage for that shot. It's just like it's so blatantly obvious that's what you're trying to do at all times is to get Tage the puck for that for that one-time opportunity. It's time to put Olsen on that opposite side. He's earned yeah. that opportunity. Or yeah. or your or your leading goal scorer, JJ Paterka. That too. Like, do anybody other than D Dylan Cousins, because clearly he can't score a goal to save his life. That's not working. Like, I know maybe you put him on the power play to to try to get him going a little bit, but it has a backhand movie has on the, when he gets a breakaway. Or, yeah, that's that's looking really good, man. It hasn't worked, so they need to change. They need to change something, uh, and it would be a disservice if they didn't. Uh, even the penalty kill hasn't been as good, obviously, without Jordan Greenway. So that is also an issue. Uh, the special teams in general are killing this team. Uh, they have been all season. Aside from the penalty kill started off really good, but it's taken a hit when Greenway and Tage went out. And uh, it will ultimately be the reason they don't make the playoffs, in my opinion, if they cannot get this power play going. Partially the reason they were so good last season is because they had a top five power play unit. And Tage was obviously doing his thing on the left half wall, and nobody could stop it. And Jeff Skinner was getting a lot of goals in front of that, as was Alex Tuck. But injuries, obviously, every team deals with them. The Sabres are dealing with it right now. And it's not going to get any easier until Tuck, Quinn, and Green might come back. 
And even if they come back, you're not, not just going to talk hurts a lot. You're not automatically going to solve the power play. Even when they had tucked, the power play was really bad. And there is a very, very crucial aspect to this power play that has not changed the entire season, as we discussed. They're passing the puck around the outside of the zone and not getting it to the net. And shots are blocked. Montreal did a really good job tonight of getting their sticks in passing lanes because I think they have an idea that's all the Sabres do. As you said, I just – it's really, really frustrating because there's so much open ice. There's so much skill and ceiling for creativity that, that they're not using at all. They have so much potential, but it looks so stagnant. It looks like something you would see in a beer league, honestly. Like when yeah. I'm in the net in in a in a beer league penalty kill, I can kind of know what's going to happen because they're just passing the puck around the outside because they have the ability to do it when they wouldn't have previously in the game. And it's so frustrating. Like do something. Yeah, I, I just it, – it looks like confusion, just indecisiveness – just it looks like literally there's not prepared to to run up run a power play it's just somebody just has to be decisive and start shooting the puck even on a bad angle i don't care like you as a goalie i know as a goalie no even if you're on a bad angle throw a puck at a goalie's feet it's a fucking chaotic it, it, doesn't chaotic. Feel like, it doesn't even feel like when they throw like a weak shot on net that it's even at risk of being deflected or even like screened I know. like my my biggest fear on a power play, even in beer league, is that I can't see the puck. It's because constantly somebody's in front. You of are the not net. getting enough men in front in front of the opposing it's goaltender. Really, not. really, so simple. Take the goalie's eyes away. Get a dirty goal. We talked about it earlier in the year, and then they started doing it for a little bit, but it hasn't happened much recently. I mean, maybe you could consider that Connor Clifton goal. I mean, the the opposer goal created by Connor Clifton to be a, a little that bit was of a beautiful dirty, too, by the way. A little bit of a dirty goal, yeah, because he he. Took his opportunity to forecheck and create a turnover. Got the puck on net. Good rebound. Oposo, I thought, was great tonight. I really do. I thought he had a really good game. Um, he threw a lot of hits. He had a lot of opportunities. I thought Clifton was just as good as he was against the Bruins, so that's a good sign. Isaac Rosine played four minutes tonight, so I don't know what you're doing there. Uh, you broke well, we God bless his soul. Congrats on 600 points. But there, again, Kyle Ocposo on the ice on the second power play. Yeah, I mean, I don't necessarily think he should be on there a second, but I really do. He believe he was one of the Sabres' best forwards tonight. No, I'm he, not disagreeing with that. But when push comes to shove, games in the line, like even in overtime, there, like he's on the ice. Like, yeah. I mean, even though that came from that, came probably Buffalo's best opportunity. Like weirdly, I, I do think he earned it tonight. So I think it's kind of a game by game basis with him. I don't think he deserves to be on the second power play unit. And it's kind of a liability, but I think tonight he actually did, did play really well. So yeah, um, it's it's something they they have to like alarm level, smash the panic button, figure out because if they don't, they're going to miss the playoffs. So I suppose so. Benson Cousins need to have more finesse, goal touch, too many missed opportunities. Cousins played horribly in o- overtime turnovers. I was screaming about that. Uh, they're witnessing it. We didn't deserve to lose this one. No, we did not, Dylan. Uh, this team makes me sick. Levi played great from Dylan, Dylan again, and then from Kevin. I am not happy with middle stats game lately. Yeah, a guy just not putting the puck. I mean, actually, no. He scored last game, didn't he? Well, uh, two games ago. Two games ago, I, yeah. I will say this. He but needs still. to shoot. He, we've talked about it a lot. He needs to shoot more. That is the one aspect of his game that has never been there. He needs to shoot the puck. Yeah. But – I, I caught myself at many moments throughout this game marveling at the passes that he makes and how good he is with the puck, especially on the boards and the chances that he creates. So I think he's way a way more positive player than he is a negative player, but he does need to, to shoot the puck more. So question from Chris Derrick. Slavkovsky stopped in the shootout, and if what happened in the Boston game with Akposa was goalie interference – why wasn't that interference on Slikovsky in the shootout? Um, I, I mean, it happened, and I honestly, God, I was kind of not watching because I was nervous. But like, can you get any clarity on that, Hurls? Like, did he make contact with Levi? Or? I think it was simultaneous. I do. I, um, I think it was 
relative, he was in the process of making his move, I think, when he did make contact with him. Mm-hmm. You can bring it up if you want, and we can break it down. But from I saw it twice. I would have to look at it again to be sure. But I do believe that in the process of making his move, he beat him. Like, he clearly beat him with that move. Oh, it was a great move. It, it yeah. Was a great move. So that, that's what he's I'm a, saying. He's a like, first overall pick for a reason. It's not like he let, yeah, no, 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 not, not, like he let Matt Ellis score on him. Super, super <laughs> skilled guy. Um, I do think that the contact was simultaneous, though. That's that's the best answer I can give without seeing it again. Um, and, and with Levi, like, people are giving him shit for the shootout. Shootouts are tough. He's been largely really good in shootouts up until this point. Yeah. And uh, I think that it's a tough position to be in, especially in his second game back from being in the NHL. He he had a shootout win in, in the NHL. Well, it's more so like it's kind of a crapshoot, right? Like you never really know. Cole Caulfield is one of the most skilled players in the entire NHL. Uri Slavkovsky was a number one overall pick. He stopped Nick Suzuki. And the other guy that scored, it was a good move. So it kind of is what it is. Uh, it's so funny that. Victor Olofsson and Owen Power scored on the exact same moves that they've used in the past. Yeah. <laughs> it's really super impressive. Were you surprised when they brought out Owen Power as a second I shooter? wasn't. I wasn't because that move is specifically very hard to stop. Like you saw uh, Keaton Primo's reaction. You might not have. He like looked up into the air and smashed his stick on the ground as if like he just got like bamboozled. Yeah. That, it's it's something that I think is like a, a wrinkle in, uh, in the shootout. And, I think he moves backwards when he does it. I really do think he does, which is another thing you can bring up. At the end of the day, this discussion goes back to the shootouts are fucking stupid. I hate the shootout. It should be and a 10-minute three-on-three. It should not decide a game. Um, and there are so many little wrinkles. Uh, if you're moving forward, if you're moving back, uh, speaking, everything about it is so subjective. And, so you can't and complain. And speaking of that, I mean, at this point, I mean – how are we not doing a, 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 a 10 minute three on three? I mean, it's been talked about for, I don't know how long. Also, I want to talk about, I'm kind of sick and tired of just awarding loser points. I mean, I say awarding loser points, but there should be more of a reward for regulation wins. In my opinion, like getting three, like, three two, one point system. I've been it all should about be three, it. Two, one. Yeah. Three, two, one been all about it for a long time. Um, also, uh, when we had, uh, when um pardon me when um that power play ended in, in, in overtime why are you not i mean don't you don't you think you're the better team three on three i would have loved to have seen us throw it in our own bench just to get a, a, a face off or even yeah. in their bench just to go, go three on three open things up a little bit I, tough I, to I, tough to actually do that though you know what i mean i know i just yeah so it, that's that is tough um it's funny that the NHL, the only rule that they're considering uh, changing for the overtime is instituting some type of like red line in rule that like you can you can't go past your own red line in the process of like trying to like regroup and gather the puck. That's the only rule that I've suggest I've seen them suggest make. So they clearly have no idea what they're doing. And we've talked about Gary Bettman before. I think Gary Bettman knows as much about the game of hockey as the casual fan. So. Yeah. Um, uh, we have no faith at all that anything is going to be changed because he doesn't yeah, care. From uh, Alex Layer here, Levi won the first bean pot to be decided by shootout. I mean, I want to get my reason a very good shootout goaltender. Yeah, yeah I, I, I I haven't lost faith of, of him in the in the shootout. Like, no, I'm in, I'm in a, and I'm another group chat where you know the first reaction is like, wow, Levi sucks. It's like, no, he doesn't. Like, he's like. Honestly, he's the only reason we got that game into overtime. Like, you know, some of the saves, a lot of really good, really saves difficult saves. And then they, they they just forgot who was that that had that le- uh, breakaway in the third at the very end. Um, we just forgot that he got behind the defense. He just hanging out back there. Levi, made, I mean, he just shot it. Quick pad save. I believe it was out. Uh, being a it might have been Dvorak, but yeah. yeah. Either way, he he did a really good job of challenging tonight and being yeah. on top yeah. of his crease. And obviously being square to the shooter, but also deflecting rebounds to corners, covering up rebounds, getting across his crease as quick as he does. Obviously, his athleticism is one of his best traits. Um, I thought he was great tonight. I really do. Yep. So I, you cannot put this game on him. Sabres outshot no. the Canadians by, I think, it had to be at least 15. 
and you got to stop waiting to the third period to start scoring goals. Uh, yeah, and, and wake up. Mario Newf, go down two, two to nothing and go 0 for 5. I think it might have been 0 for 6 on the power it was play. 0 for was it 0 for 6? Yeah, it was 0 for 6. For fuck's sake, sick of the boys club coaching. That's a nice uh, reference to the fact that I think this is essentially the same assistance that Ralph Kruger might have had. I could be wrong when he was here. And then I think like Granado just kind of, you know, inherited it. Uh, we all know why Matt Ellis is there, him and Kevin Adams from their uh, Harbor Center days, the uh, Academy of Hockey, um, Mr. 13U. Um, and I think that Granado is tight with one of the other two assistants, but I get whoever that one isn't. The other guy is, I think, another one that's been inherited uh, from the previous regime. And then, uh, obviously, Dan Girardi just hanging out on his lazy boy in Ontario watching this game. Now that I know now that I know who Marty Walford is, every time I see him in that, that godforsaken haircut, I continue to question his path to the, an NHL coaching bench. Yeah, it like, makes no who sense. Is, who, who is this man? What is his story? Where did, yeah. where, did, where did where did he come from? Yeah, who is Marty Wolford? Like, honestly, like I'm really starting to think because it just doesn't make a lot of sense, right? Like, who, who is this person? I know, like, who is this guy? It, him and his god god awful haircut. Um, but you know, you know, stepping away from that for a second, like I'm looking at this coaching staff as a whole. Was Pekka not brought in to be on the bench? Was it really? I know people talk, but, like, could it really be a thing that maybe Granado just didn't want that pressure of a guy who could replace him like that if push came to shove? Like, could that be a real thing? Because I just look at this coaching staff, like, tell me who was more qualified to be on an NHL bench of, of these three guys and to not have Michael Pekka there. Explain yeah. to me. Yeah. Because it makes no sense. Yeah, it doesn't at all. And I mean that, that you could you could say that for sure. Like I, I don't necessarily think that like Don Granado is is running like a dictatorship. I don't think he is like blocking people's paths to the bench in the process of like protecting his own job security. He doesn't seem like that type of guy. But at the at the end of the day, like he did work pretty hard to get to an, a head coaching an NHL head coaching job himself. So I don't know. I, I really have no idea. I just make it make sense to me, Earls. Yeah, it, make it, it makes sense. It doesn't. I, make I sense. just don't. Like, given the fact that we understand. don't know who these, who these guys are, let alone like what they're. I guess we could probably try to figure out like what their history was prior to this and like what qualified them to to be an NHL assistant coach. Uh, I'm gonna try to do that. Actually, I'm gonna try to. We gotta you know, have like, in, a, deep, in, a deep ex like an expose. Of the, between, Sabres, of the Sabres. Of the Sabres. We really didn't get the bottom of this. In between now and next game, I'm going to do some homework. I'm going to. Who's got, who's got I'm, pictures? I'm going to who's figure got out. pictures of Kevin Adams in his skivvy somewhere where he's not supposed to be? I'm going to, I'm going it doesn't make a lot of sense to me why why these guys are behind an NHL bench. I'm going to figure out Marty's uh, life path. I'm going to figure out <laughs> what. You got to find, out his, find his barber first. Yeah, I, they, no, they, tell their, figure, they tell their barber. No, 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 no. This, this information should be readily available. And I do think I'm going to be able to figure out before next game, I'm going to figure out Marty, whatever is Wolford or whatever his last name is. I'm going to see what he did to get on an NHL bench. And then I'll, I'll report. Um, per uh, actually just coming in from Robert Seagrave here. Ellis is running the power play. Wilford is penalty kill per Harrington. Shout um, out Mike Harrington. Mike Harrington gets answers. He does, man. He's not afraid to get answers. Mike, Mike Harrington I gets love Mike. If people don't like him. I like Mike. Because you want to know what? Love him or hate him, man. He's the guy. He's the asshole in the room. He's not afraid to ruffle feathers. And he's not afraid to ask the questions that everybody right. else in that room is afraid to ask. He's not right. afraid to get people pissed. So we have we have a legitimate gripe with Matt Ellis now, which is good. Yeah. Oh, good. oh, my God. If that's true, if he is running the power play, you're damn right we got a fucking legitimate this is, gripe with this that. Is Matt something Ellis. We, this is something we can build on. Uh <laughs> I, uh, yeah, if this continues, if he's still on the bench in 2024, then as we, as our wonderful, uh, commenters say, like, this is a boys club. In nine NHL seasons, Matt Ellis had one power play point. Let's go. 
but he's running ours. He's running oh, ours. He's I'm running sure. into the ground. Mr. 13 I, fucking you. I think uh, get him a jersey. Get him a Sabres jersey. It says 13 you on the back. He can have 13 and then a giant fucking you because that's what you were coaching before you came to the NHL. Before you were put on an NHL bench, you were coaching 13 you. Explain to me how that works. Explain to me how that guy is qualified to be on an NHL bench, but Michael Pekka, who ran the Junior Sabres for over a decade, did multiple years with Rochester as an assistant and did a year of a development with the Washington Capitals. He's not qualified to be behind your bench, but sure as shit, fucking Matt Ellis, running your power play, running your forwards. No, I mean, God, who knows? You look, look at all the struggles that Dylan Cousins have right now. In no way could have Michael Peck, a two-time Selkie winner, a former captain, could have, you know, bestowed his vast amount of his massive amount of knowledge from his time in the NHL on a guy like Dylan Cousins, who we've compared to Michael Pekka, I don't know how many damn times. Like, what are we doing here? Yeah, it's really depressing. <laughs> I, um, yeah, I mean, I guess we'll see, right? Like, if they if they don't write this ship somehow, and even if they do, I don't think it's going to be Matt Ellis that is the reason that they did at least he could potentially hide behind it. But, uh, I think the talent eventually will, will be the cream that comes to the, come to the top. So yeah, it's really disappointing. I just, I just think that this is legitimately going to be the thing that, that kills this team. And it has been, it has been thus far. And if they don't figure it out, like they're not going to, they can't win two games in a row as we've discussed. And if they can't win two games in a row, they're not even going to come close to making the playoffs. So I'm going to get a, a Sabres jersey made. It's going to say Matt Ellis' full name on the nameplate, and it's literally going to have 13U as the number. Because why not? I, I think people would dig that. Uh, even if I'm the only one that wears it, I, I just can't deal with it anymore. I can't. Yeah. Like, just... We got the Coyotes at home on Tuesday. And they're a good hockey team. It feels like a loss. They're a good hockey team, too. Like they've been playing. That is so a well. good team. They are. They they came back and almost beat the Bruins today. They've beat. They had a, a stretch last couple of weeks where they beat the past five Stanley Cup champions all in a row. Uh, they have so much talent, so much skill. That feels like a game we're going to be down two nothing in the first period for sure. <laughs> Bet on it. Bet on it. Down two nothing right off the right off the rip. Which sucks know, because, like, they actually did play well tonight. They really yes. did. Like, like they deserved to win. Uh, they played well in all, almost all facets of the game, except for fucking the power play. Like that is literally could be the difference between this team, them not being able to figure out this the, the, the power play their special teams could be the difference between them making the playoffs and them not making the playoffs. Because Quick, I don't uh, think defense has been the issue this year. Defensive woes, yes, absolutely. Team defense, yes. It seems over the last three, two, two games, they've, they've addressed that. Hopefully, they've got that going in the right direction permanently. But if you can't figure out how to score on the power play consistently, even if it's going for like one for four or one for five every game, it's still better than going 0 for five or 0 for six. Um, you're, you're not going to make the playoffs. There's no chance. No shot. No. Quick discussion about the Eric Robinson hit. Uh Absolutely, because it it was getting heated a little bit in our group chat during the game. We had some debate, and uh, the discussion essentially was that some people thought that it was really dirty and it was deserving of a five-minute major in misconduct. And I myself thought that it was a two-minute boarding call at the most. It wasn't a five-minute. If you saw what Evander Kane did last night, which did a penalty, and then you're going to call that a five-minute major, that's insanity. Yeah, Mike Mike Harrington actually uh, asked Kyle Ogposo about it, and Kyle Ogposo said that himself, uh, a uh, 14-year veteran of the NHL. I think he kind of knows what he's talking about. He said that it's insanity that they called a game misconduct on Eric Robinson for what is he supposed to do? Is he supposed to let the defenseman just have an unimpeded puck retrieval? That yeah, defenseman, I don't get that. That defenseman saw him coming. He hit him on his side. Someone in our chat mentioned his arm was on his back. It wasn't. 
It was not on his back. He hit him on his side. He had the puck, and his stick was on the ice going for the puck. And the defenseman saw him coming, fell into the boards, and, yes, he got hurt. But that's his own fault. Like, it was an unfortunate result of which may have been a boarding call. A two-minute boarding. I, I'll agree that it was a two-minute call, but not maybe, a five-minute. Maybe that five was a major in a game misconduct. But it's so so incredibly soft and such a bad call in relation to all of the other calls that we see. In comparison, that that is tangibly and literally what it is. Like it's it's just a bad fucking call, and it's really frustrating. And now everybody's all up Eric Robinson's ass after he had a very good game against the Bruins, and he started to have a very good game against the Canadians tonight. Like, that's not his fault. What is he supposed to do? He's forechecking. Yeah. I, so. I do want to say this, too. A lot of Buffalo's uh, grade-A scoring chances came because of a solid forecheck, a second game in a row, um, not giving Montreal a ton of time to make decisions in the defensive zone, forcing turnovers, much like the Clifton play that forced the turnover to Akposo to score the, uh, the game-tying goal. Um, keep that up. Keep that up. Uh, five on five because it's working, you know, sending two men in on the four check. It is working. Keep it up and you'll continue to score more five on five. I don't know what to tell you about, you know, on the power play, but at least on five on five, you guys are getting it figured. You're figuring it out. You're getting the opportunities. You would have liked to have scored earlier than the third period. Yes. Cause I mean, you had shots were 17 to six after the first, I'm not sure what they're after the second, but I know we ended up having 48 total, uh, but, um, yeah, I, I I love the four check. The Sabers have five on five. It's working. Um, I mean, the compete as Granado said, like the compete is there. Like the I think there is some desperation, and they need to play with desperation the rest of the season, as as the Bills do. Like their their backs are against the wall. They've created this situation for themselves, and I think you've kind of seen it the past two games, especially after those those four those four games that they lost. I think they understand that these games really do matter. And by the end of the December, if they're not within two wins or two games or two points or four points of a wild card spot, it could get early. As we said earlier in the season, it can get early real quick. It can get late really early uh, if you're not in position in, in January or February. So there's got to be desperation every single game. Uh, and uh, at least they've shown that. So now they got to put the puck in the net and hopefully um, getting Jack Quinn and Alex Tuck back will, will go a long way towards that. Yep. Um, some more quotes here from Brian Koziel, uh after the game from Granado on last two games. We've absolutely played a lot different, more physic, more physicality, more aggressive, more scrums, better shot mentality. We need more aggressive traits. The process was better, but the result was frustrating. Um, yeah, I, again, the forecheck, an aggressive forecheck. We saw a lot of scrums tonight, a fight with Connor Clifton that ended up getting tossed into the game. Love that. I thought – I think Connor Clifton two games in a row has played his best games as a saber. Yeah. He blocked he in that first play period. Right there, like he's what he, if he plays like this, he's what we signed. In that second, in that second period, uh, I'm not sure if it was. I think we were killing the penalty. He blocked like three shots on the penalty kill, and he was nursing something with his hand off the, the very last one, where he like he could barely look like he barely grip his stick. I mean, he's looked great these past two games, and if you get that more from Connor Clifton, then yeah, sign me up. Good signing. I would yeah. have liked to have better, a better effort from Eric Johnson on that first goal uh, to tie up the man who eventually deflected the puck. I would have, uh, I would have liked Eric Johnson to be in the press box tonight and Ryan yeah. Johnson to For be Ryan Johnson, Correct. I, I also agree with you there. Um, more from Granado. If you give me one moment here, we had our chances, plenty of chances to score more than two. We just didn't do it. Uh, from Granado says the power play needs more direct play more decisive play, get shots quicker. That could have been a difference maker. Yeah, no shit, Donnie. Um, looking for more uh, more post-game comments. Uh, Koziel's always, like, all over this stuff. I love it. Uh, tweeting out the uh, post-game uh, comments. Levi says these past two games are ones you want to have. You Are ones you want to be in as a player. You're thriving in it. The crowds, the crowds have been unbelievable. It brought the competitor out of us. Levi says he has to be better in the shootout. Back to the drawing board. I, I like that. He's taking accountability, even though I don't think we can even say this was his fault. Like, you can't blame a goalie for a shootout, in my opinion. Like, unless they're just, like, god-awful goals where he's off his angle. Go, like, you know, 
giving up the entire glove side, you know, don't even have a chance or just giving up a straight, a, a straight on shot. Like I, I just don't, I can't ever put it on a goalie. I can't. Um, Skinner says he's not looking for more more for moral victories, but he says the way they played tonight, he'd take his chances with more games like this. Ocposo uh, says he's confused that Evander Kane got nothing last night and Robinson gets five in a game night. It doesn't make sense. Couldn't agree with him more. Couldn't agree with him more. And the Sabres had 11 minutes and 15 seconds of power play time with zero goals. More from Ocposo. I think we have to – I think we have an intent, and it's very specific. Those two games are as close to it as we've had all year. Um, Ocposo, it hurts not to get the win. But I think we can agree that the last two games looks a little different than the previous 25. <clears throat> I quote tweeted this one earlier. Five on four. Oh for five out of seven minutes and 50 seconds, 56 seconds of power play time on five on four. When you were five on three, you went oh for two for 45 seconds. Four on three, you went oh for two for two minutes and 34 seconds. That is inexcusable, and somebody has to start answering for that. Maybe you start throwing your fucking assistants out there to start answering questions. Because explain this to me. You're Don Granado. Explain to me why you are getting better results out of your power play. What's yeah. what's wrong? Like like at this point, I feel like you at this point, this is almost like the equivalent of when the Bills fired Dorsey for their offensive struggles. Like it's hurting. It's, it's, it is making a difference between winning and losing tonight. It was, it absolutely was. So why are we still sitting here having the same conversation about coaches and who's running the power play? Like why aren't changes being made? Yeah, it doesn't make sense. So I hope something happens because if it doesn't, then this is, this is going to be the same story every single time. So I, uh, yeah, I hope, I really hope they, do something to change it because right now it's obviously not working. How many times have the Sabres fallen behind by multiple goals before scoring themselves? That's an interesting stat we can look into uh, before next time we go live. Yeah, I, I agree. It's it like more, happened, more it's than, happened more than more it has season. It's, Probably. They've played like 30 games. I bet it's I bet it's been like 12 different times. Yep, I agree. Um I mean, I don't know. I, it sucks, man. I mean, I was at that game. The atmosphere was electric. I mean, I know there's a lot of well, what uh, what per, what percentage of the hundred level do you think was Canadians fans? Oh, it was definitely a higher percentage Canadians in the hundred level. I mean, for sure. Um, as expected, that's the way it always is. I no, mean, I, I was just it dissipates as you get higher. Yeah, I was I was wondering. Um, it on TV, it looked like it was a Canadians home game. Oh, for sure. I mean, it dissipated as it got higher, more and more Sabres fans as you got up into the 300 level. Um, I would say it was probably 50-50 or 55-45 in favor of Montreal, I would say, in terms of overall attendance. I mean, I, I don't know. I could be wrong. Just being there and looking at it, seeing all the red and white jerseys, I, I don't know. I, I uh, But it was an electric atmosphere, you know. And I know one thing I noticed, too, I know he's a Montreal kid, but – they were clapping when Levi was making saves, like Montreal fans. They all know where that he's a local uh, hometown kid. I think they were happy for him, happy to see him play, uh, happy to see him play well. Um, there were a lot of fans and and clapping and cheering him when Levi made saves. Maybe not at the end where he made that enormous, you know, coast to coast uh, split toe save on Caulfield, but uh, yeah, I, I think they. We're pretty proud of the kid from Quebec tonight, uh, putting forth a great effort and playing very well. Yeah, he was amazing. Uh, I, re I I think Rochester did him a lot of good, and I think as uh, UPL comes back, I I do think that it potentially could continue to do him good. I think he needs games. He needs time. He needs development. He needs to not sit on a bench if, if UPL is going to be the starter. So um, I don't know what the illness was, but if he is back and he is healthy and he continues to play well, I think UBL still deserves the starter set. I really do. Uh, I think that hopefully that happens Tuesday and he plays well. And this does give Levi the, the proper time to continue to work on his game. I think this yeah. was the best, the best thing that, that could have happened for him. He needs shots. He needs pro-level shots. 
and he needs to get into a rhythm, which is like he was at Northeastern, like he probably was in juniors. He needs to play two to three times a week, and that's not going to happen as an NHL backup or even as a 1A, 1B in the NHL. It's just not going to happen. So I, um, I hope they handle this intelligently because if not, then they could run into a situation where they're playing too much or too little, and that hurts his development. So uh, as you saw tonight, the ceiling is really high with him, and it's going to be high as long as they handle it correctly. But I don't really trust them to handle it correctly. <laughs> From the Black Knight, 76-57, Don Grinnell looks like a math teacher. And even then, I would trust my math teacher more than him. Um, yeah. Bad analogy. Yeah. yeah I would. Not, not a bad I mean, match at all. I mean, I, I would <laughs> – I put Don Granato a little bit above Sean McDermott in my Buffalo coach rankings at this point. Uh, yeah, for this week, I would it's, say it's so. kinda, it's kind of saying that it's got saying something that they're not that far off right now. Some of the decisions Granado has made with the lineup, and obviously he may not be running the power play, but he does. He's the head coach, so he has his he has his finger in everything. I am getting it's getting old really quickly. Yep, it's oh. costing you games, man. It's yeah. costing you games. Cost us tonight, in my opinion. I think you can point to the lack of. Uh, execution on the power play as the reason you lost tonight because that game should have never gotten to overtime. You had multi, uh, 45 seconds of five on three time. It was actually might've been more than that. Um, I think it was more than that. Yeah. It was about 55, I think. Yeah. Um, four on three time, plenty of five on four time, some four on three. Uh, so yeah, I, I just, it's inexcusable. It's inexcusable. And at what point do you finally decide to make a change on your bench and, I don't know what has to be done, but something has to be done, man. I don't know. Um, do you have any uh, final thoughts before we get out of here? Other than what we discussed, not really. Uh, they have a tough stretch coming up here uh, through the middle and end of December. They got their West Coast trip coming up. Yeah. Um, obviously another – it's crazy we're saying must wins in December, but that's the position they put themselves in. Yeah. So same with the Bills tomorrow. It's a must win. Uh, Tuesday against the Coyotes, <laughs> which is crazy oh. to say, but uh, I think that they've at least played better past two games. Having Tage back is obviously a huge, huge factor in that, and you just need to keep the boat above water until Tuck, Greenway, and Quinn come back because you add those three and to your lineup, and this is a much better Donnie, Didn't Donnie say they were close to being back? At least talk, I believe. I think I think all of them, what is it, December 8th, December 9th? I think all of them will be back before we reach the 20s of December. I, I do. Okay. So that's like a week, a week and a half for all of them. Uh, maybe not Quinn. They might be waiting until the end of the year, but they tweeted out this week that he didn't have a non-contact jersey at practice. So I think that's a huge step in the right direction, and that means that his Achilles is, is probably really close to being uh, – being healed if he took the aaron Rodgers method he would have been back three months ago so uh i don't know i don't know what they're thinking i don't know what they were thinking on that one i'm actually just kidding because aaron Rodgers is not gonna play this season uh yeah but conspiracy theory rogers really hurt his achilles in the offseason aaron Rodgers is the worst so i don't i don't i don't need to give him all of fame quarterback first ballot more attention that he already craves himself but they played well tonight. They deserved to win. They couldn't score, and that's been a theme of the season. So I couldn't agree with you more. Um, I think with uh, this road trip that we're going to go on, especially out west, how you play there is going to dictate how what what this season will be. Right? Like, I think if you go, how many games are on at four? I think you go, uh, is it three? I think it's three. We don't go to Vegas in this one. So it is Avs, Vegas, and Coyotes. And we come back. I think we got Toronto coming up too. Columbus and then Toronto at home. So in those five games, if you go one for four, say, worst, you know, worst case scenario, I think at that point you I, – I, I think – I hate saying this, man, but I think – Terry probably wants to deflect as much away from the Bills as possible. Maybe he would fire the entire coaching staff. 
just to distract people from Buffalo from what's going on with the Bills. Harry is not going to do anything. It's got to be Kevin Adams. I I, yeah. I think that if if you go over against the Coyotes on on the power play and lose, then that's reason to fire somebody. Yeah, somebody's got to get fired. So couldn't agree with you more. Um, but that's my final thought. Uh, these next five games, three on the West Coast, uh, then Columbus and Toronto. Uh, Toronto, you beat earlier this season. Uh, you know, it was a Levi game, five four, I believe it was five four six four. Um, a, a, a team that just lost their starting goaltender. Not sure, really sure. You know what they're going to do to address that. I think they still have Samsonov. Yeah, yeah. They lost. Well, I'm not sure how serious of an injury that was. Uh, looked like it probably be in the long term, right? A high ankle sprain, so it'll be a few weeks. Yeah. Can we fire Marty's haircut? Yeah, both of them gone. Um, I'm gonna I gotta do, get. I'm going to do my homework on Marty. I gotta get. A, I gotta get a picture of this guy. I gotta. I gotta really get a good look at this haircut. I'm gonna, um, I'm gonna figure out this guy's backstory. Yeah, but if we go like one for four, God forbid, over oh five, like heads are gonna have to roll. What? Uh, I mean, I wouldn't. I wouldn't be surprised if Donnie was gone in that case. Yeah, or you just go zero for three on this road trip, like Seth Appert to the national. Do you think they would do that? You don't think they yeah. would like? No, for sure. That, you think it'd be, Seth, you think it'd be Seth? You don't think it would be one of the assistants? No. I... <laughs> Could you imagine? Could you imagine? That Ellis, I will true. tell you, I will burn shit to the ground yeah, if they announced yeah. they fired Don Granado and promoted Matt Ellis to interim head coach. It would be. Uh, it would be Seth Appert. I would hope so. Um, with that being said, everybody, uh, this has been another installment of I'll Hang Up and Listen, brought to you by Fatty Beer Company, Buffalo's premier market and tap room, with over 300 beers to choose from at seven different Western New York locations, open from 11.30 a.m. till 10.30 p.m. and later, seven days a week, live entertainment and music at all their locations. You can definitely check out a lot of holiday festivities that are running right now. They do trivia at all their locations. Great, great deals, especially their downtown location, 5 Genesis Street, every Sabres game day for a home game. If you're a Mug Club member, you get two-for-one drafts. Don't forget, Buffalo Go is Buffalo's best spot for all of your Sabres bills and Buffalo sports needs when it comes to shirts, hats, hoodies, all your apparel. They have some great stuff, whether it's their bills, Zubas, golf polos, uh, this beautiful Sabres. Buffalo trucker hat, the yeah, Buffalo NHL Shield throwback trucker hat, the uh, Stefan Diggs, Stefan 316 shirt and hoodie. They have a lot of cool stuff on there. Go check them out at Buffalo Logo Co. on Instagram and Twitter. And and even though nobody won on the giveaway tonight, we debuted the new uh, Return of the Levi shirt and hoodie at buffalogo.com uh, tonight. Uh, I thought it was no better time than when Devin Levi debuts uh, not debuts, but uh, debuted in the Goathead jersey for the first time. Um, not no better time than to, to uh, dr- drop that piece of merch than tonight with Buffalo. Go, go check them out at Buffalo Co on Instagram and Twitter at Fatty Beer on Instagram and Twitter. Uh, go check it. Go check it out and uh, tell them the boys from Two Goalies One Mike sent you. Hurls, uh, as always, thanks for hopping on and to all of you who spend your time in the chat with us after games. For all you newcomers, thanks for stopping by. Hope you hope to have you back. For people like Dylan Baker, Mauricio, Kevin, Chris Durek, all of you guys, uh, thank you for always. Robert, uh, you know, just give you guys all shout-outs. Uh, uh, Chris, I already said Chris, Rakeen Davis, Iron New, Mauricio, of course, can't forget you, the Black Knight. All of you, uh, thanks for stopping in and hanging out with us. You're the reason we do this. So uh, I'll hang up and listen. Talk to you guys later. And uh, go Sabres.
everywhere the imagination dares it's for the open-minded the pleasure seeker it's jeff woods with the new podcast about relationships and sexuality theme-based with special guests the blue hotel hotline at every episode climaxes with an adult bedtime story get a room and listen in at the blue hotel begins Friday, September 23rd. Thiessen, the host of Broadcast Dialogue, the podcast. We focus on Canada and the challenges facing Canadian radio and TV, as well as highlighting those moving the industry forward from podcasting and streaming to new broadcast tech. Check us out at broadcastdialogue.com or your favorite podcast app.